It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. You have made it. Another weekend is here, and we start things off here on Fan Run Radio, as we always do, at the Top 5 at 5. Back to the White Claw Heart Seltzer Studios we go. Tucker Harlan standing by. Thank you, Russell. At number one, Tennessee and Virginia have been granted a preliminary injunction in their case against the NCAA over NIL legislation. This comes in the aftermath of the NCAA launching an investigation into Tennessee for multiple alleged NIL violations. It'd be interesting. Do you think does we, we we're asking like does the NCAA release a statement? Like they say they never do, but they have been a lot lately. Always do, right. What about you, T? If, if you're Dondi or... I can think of something I'd like them I to mean, release. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to hang on the rim. I, I don't think no, they would, would yeah, do that. Right. They, yeah, the, the, but I, I do wonder if they have some sort of very magnanimous, we are pleased, we, we hope this ushers in a new, you know, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah type statement. I wonder if you just don't say anything at all if you're Tell Tennessee. Charlie, it was me. <laughs> that might be Tell that Charlie might be bad. Me. I don't know. Or do you just not say anything at all? I think that might be the smart way to go about it, Bear. Just kind of take your victory in silence, at least publicly. But, yeah. I mean, I, I know how I felt when we read that. I, I can only imagine what the feelings are like in that building right now. See a tweet from Jesse Doherty, who uh, covers college sports for the Washington Post he says that Charlie Baker was sitting with reporters in D.C. when the news broke about the preliminary injunction. He declined to comment. Yeah, I imagine he did. Uh, I did he, read yeah, where facial expression. Okay, so for right now, the way the the that whole conclusion read, it's just in Tennessee and Virginia right now. Yeah, we were talking about that during the break, Bear. So we we talked about this when the when we initially filed through the attorney general, we thought maybe some more states would kind of jump on board and get in with us. Apparently, what people are saying now is that states can add their name to this lawsuit and essentially he, granted the, uh, I, I guess. The, they just the, basically it's just a formality uh, where they the just term, sign on to it. Right. And then they're granted the terms of today's ruling. Huh. So we, we said we thought we'd see it a couple weeks ago. Uh, after today, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a bunch of states jump on board. Uh, maybe. I, I, I don't know the mechanics of this. We're not legal experts. Either. But it, it would seem to me that the NCAA could still try and enforce these rules on, say, Mississippi schools. But why would they do that knowing that the outcome is going to be similar? I, I well, think that's suitors the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's and it's basically it's the same thing as that the the transfer rule from a few months ago, the immediate eligibility over multiple transfers. So, I mean, I, you know, for that reason alone, they're not going to do anything. So it's, yeah, everybody's free. <laughs> what a day! Doctor. I didn't think he was going to grant it, man. At number faith. At number two, uh, the weekend baseball series between Tennessee and Albany has just gotten underway. Still scoreless in the bottom of the second of the first game. The game tomorrow, first pitch is at two, and then on Sunday it is at one. Uh, A.J. Russell getting the start tonight. Drew Beam getting the start tomorrow. 
Still no announcement on the starter for Sunday. Still scoreless? Mm-hmm. I thought these guys were supposed to be the worst baseball team of all time. But guess what? Old Curly no, just on. singled. Let him, let him get through the lineup one time, Russ. Let him get all the way through. Is this it? Are we behind? I think, this, I think this we're is behind. old Curly. This all right, like we get to watch Curly it. to the plate, <laughs> the wind up, the pitch. We're, we must be two or three pitches behind you, Tucker. So it's, it's a full count now. So hold on. I, I, I want to hear Houston give us the play by play of old Curly. <laughs> I don't know enough about this. Old Curly steps into the box looking at a full count. I don't know this pitcher's name, but he's got a mullet. Oh, Curly strikes one up the middle. Pops one into center field for a base hit. Look at that. Hey. I got to refresh this so we catch up with Tucker. Good call, Tucker. At number three, Tennessee basketball hosts a revenge match against Texas A&M tomorrow in Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Tip-off is at 8. The game airs on ESPN. Vols are an 11.5-point favorite over the Aggies. And by the way, Jimmy Dykes did just tweet that he is on a flight to Knoxville. Yay. Good we get Jimmy. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> I actually, I, I maybe I'm in the minority here. I like Jimmy Dykes. I do too. Yeah, I really do. I didn't mean for that to sound uh, as half-hearted as it was. I guess so I'm, I'm fine I'd with Jimmy. Listen to him than uh, Pat Bradley sound like he uh, on some New York subway. At number four in the world of college basketball, there's just one ranked matchup outside of the SEC. That's number two, Houston, going at it with number 11, Baylor, and Waco. In the SEC, some important matchups to keep an eye on. Number 20, South Carolina has a rematch at Ole Miss. Gamecocks barely held them off in Columbia. Number 14, Auburn travels to Georgia with the first of two matchups with the Bulldogs this season. And number 13, Alabama heads north to take on number 17, Kentucky. You you want to hear some battered Vols fan nonsense? Hit me. What I told Houston earlier. What's that? I'm fully prepared to beat Texas A&M tomorrow, beat Bruce on Wednesday night, and beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa a week from tomorrow night, taking over first place in the SEC all by ourselves only to fall completely on our face the last week of the season against South Carolina, Kentucky. I'm prepared for that. Jesus, Russ. I can't even speak that into existence, man. I just, like, I'm just, I was sitting here marveling the fact that some, that Auburn gets to play Georgia twice in the last two weeks of the season. The joke. Joke. No, man, you can't be that way, Russ. I'm not saying I want it to happen or even that I think it's going to happen. I'm just prepared for it to happen. It's a subtle difference. Okay. And finally, at number five, it's one thing to steal someone's plane seat, but another to gobble down a full barbecue banquet next to your fellow passenger. Plane etiquette is always hotly debated online as people's horror experiences leave people shocked. But one plane passenger who was sitting in the window seat was baffled when the person next to her started tucking into an entire rack of barbecue ribs served nice. with a side of fries and corn on the cob. Wasn't there a guy a couple of years ago who pulled out pancakes on the yes on the plane? We talked We're, about th- it. This was on 
Yeah, you got a guy had like pancakes and syrup and Ziploc bags and just started chowing down on pancakes on the plane. <laughs> like a big damn mess or something, didn't he? I mean, how could you not with pancakes and syrup and Ziploc bags on a flight? I don't know. Knock on wood, man. I've always, I've never been on a flight with any weird people or any any kind of like nutty nut, nutty I'll stuff. Have, have snack, maybe some ginger ale or mm-hmm. you know some water or something. But I just like I don't know, man. I, I don't like eating or drinking anything on the like these people who get smashed at the airport and then get on the plane. Like I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom. I might get motion sick. You know, like it's just can't do it i don't know man i guess some people are built different yeah they're that's uh just crazy there was a guy last week who jumped up on a in the middle of a flight and started trying to pry the door open yeah i saw that so what, what's the grossest part of that tucker is it the ribs or the corn on the cob i mean that's yeah now that i think about it the corn on the cob is pretty nasty um but i i just think the ribs like you know if you've got sauce with you it can get everywhere if you're not careful. Just and, the sounds from eating. I yeah. mean, it's it's not quiet when you're eating ribs and corn on the cob. That's, <laughs> no. a, that's a noisy that's a noisy kind of meal. A lot of lip smacking, biting into that big cob of corn, ripping it, picking your teeth. Yeah, making all those you know having to trying to get stuff the corn out from between your teeth. Did your did I, I don't know if you guys ate corn on the cob. We ate it a lot growing up, and my mom had those pins. Mm, yes, oh yeah, <laughs> to hold it. We, yeah, and, you had to. I, I go over there for Sunday dinner just about every week, and and she still quite often makes corn on the cob. But we never get those pins anymore. You just have to hold the the corn, which I mean, I it's oh, really? I haven't seen them in years. Uh, you can see them in the. Uh, they'll be like. They're on those racks, like as you're walking down the aisle at the store, and they'll be like those racks attached, those things attached to racks, where they hang stuff off of them. Yeah, you'll see those them in spots cool. like that. I'm telling you right now, my mom's still got like the original ones from our house when we were a kid. You you get those. I'm having like a visceral flashback experience. I just remember eating dinner at uh, Sunday dinner at at the Smith Hot. House in the 1980s with. Some corn on the cob, and for some Hot reason, buttered cob. It's watching Hee Haw. <laughs> <laughs> the old man loved Hee Haw. <laughs> did, you, did you have the little tray that the corn sat in, that little plastic tray, so that you, you could just loop it in your butter? Oh, yeah, I, I remember that too. Uh, we didn't have that. The old man taught us to butter, butter a piece of bread. Huh? <laughs> So it was this old army trick, and you Clever. just roll. Yeah, you roll it around in there. You ever watch Hee Haw, Tucker Harlan? Can't say I did. A little roll. I mean, it's, it, it's corny as hell. Banjo. Those guys are incredible musicians on there. Thank you, Tucker. We appreciate it. Excellent top five of five. It's brought to you by Parkside Kia, where we are this afternoon, where there's a rainbow. Out front, come find Houston Cress's pot of gold, ladies and gentlemen. And give it to me, please. <laughs> and return if you it to find him. It. It's definitely mine. I lost it. That's where Maybe. I put it. <laughs> Are you guys aware of the big anniversary today? No, Bear. What is it? 
the 39th anniversary of Bobby Knight hurling a chair onto the court. Oh, wow. wow. So that happened on the same day that we beat Memphis? Yes. February 23rd, a date that will live in infamy. 9929 Parkside Drive is where we are this afternoon, and uh, we have been marveling at, you know, Kia does uh, such a great job with uh, their vehicles. That brand has just really matured through the years, and uh, I've always admired the the Sportage and the Telluride, but, I mean, they they have really taken it to another level in recent years. Uh, The EV9, the electric vehicles that they have now from Kia, uh, these are just absolutely fantastic pieces of machinery of course they do have a lot of tellurides out there on the lot right now and those have been hard to find so another sign that the uh, manufacturing economy is, is picking up here lately is that we, we got more cars on the lot which is a good thing in my opinion come on out take a test drive if you can't make it out today they're going to here this weekend they would love to see you let them know you heard us talking about it here on fan run radio when you come in the parkside palace kia here in west knoxville take a test drive and the aforementioned Telluride, the Sportage, the Forte. I saw somebody bought a brand new Soul, mm-hmm. which is a, a very distinctive vehicle. You have a very boxy looking uh, car. People love those. And uh, you can come and test drive one here at Parkside Kia. Logan Quentin is going to join us live from Lindsay Nelson Stadium coming up here in just a few minutes where uh, we're in the third inning now and A.J. Russell has one on and, and two outs, but neither side yet to score looks like another amazing crowd yeah good turnout out there i mean (laughs) just you talk about a guy tony vitello who has created something literally out of nothing i mean nobody nobody paid attention in the tennessee baseball with all due respect i know there's a handful of you out there with all respect to rusty enzer to my good friend billy dyke to the, those of you who were in it during the Serrano era and maybe even Todd Raleigh, I mean, the way that Tony has just created a scene here in Knoxville, and that's what that is. It's a scene. It's mm-hmm. like a, a music scene when you're growing up. I mean, he's created uh, – this is incredible, the amount of interest that this generates and that you would have. I mean, it looks like easily 5,000 people there at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, it's a little chill out, a little – little hint of rain out there and, and people just they're ate up with this college baseball stuff here in knoxville now incredible i can't remember at least not at tennessee a more nothing to one of the premier programs in the country type turnaround um that tony vitello has been able to accomplish it's it's remarkable perfect timing too as the game just explodes in popularity feels good to be good Absolutely. Good day on Rocky Top. The injunction has been granted and the NCAA has been held at bay. Let's go ahead and take our break here. We'll track down Logan over at the stadium and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in this game, but also look ahead towards the weekend in Tennessee, hoping for a big series sweep over an Albany program that uh, just has, has been struggling here lately we'll talk to lq about it when we continue more fan run radio coming up the drive
Bear at home in the Bears' den. As we welcome in Logan Quentin, he's live at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. LQ, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Doing good, fellas. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Uh, we, we got you. And Get your thoughts on this game that's that's going on right now. So hopefully the Vols can wake up the bats here in the bottom of the third inning. But uh, before we get to that, Logan, what is the buzz like around the ballpark today with the news that Tennessee has been granted this injunction in the NCAA case, This uh, the NCAA's war on Tennessee athletics? Is it a, a festive, maybe a, a sense of relief around the university right now? Oh, for sure. Uh, there's definitely a buzz. Uh, a lot of guys up in the press box talking about it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I listen to you guys on my way to the park, and I've got to agree. Um, I, we all kind of feel the same way, that it's a bit of a kill shot. Um, and it's it's victory today. And uh, speaking of the fans um, that are in the park, this man, there's, there's more butts in seats than uh, the midweek games that we saw earlier this week. Uh, it's filling out pretty nicely uh, tonight. And, yeah, what a day. What a day of victory, uh, not only for the university, but for the state and uh, college athletics. Well, we were just talking about that. Uh, you know, we were watching the game down here at Parkside Kia, and uh, they panned up into, into the stands, and I, I, my jaw hit the floor, Logan. I'm like, there's got to be 5,000 people there right now. There, you know, five Yeah, there has to be. Friday afternoon. There, there has to be. I, I'm pretty impressed because it is. I mean, it was. Uh, it wasn't quite as windy earlier in the day. Uh, sun was out a little bit more, but I mean, it's it's really windy now and clouding up and everything. But I mean, folks are coming out to see this team uh, and support the university, and it's definitely the crowd. I, I'm definitely impressed with it. And the balls have have drawn first blood, Houston. Yes, indeed. Uh, Christian Moore's up now with uh, one on and, and one out. What's the deal here, Logan? I thought that Tony had been listening to the drive. I thought he had got the memo. Simo <laughs> and his prodigious on-base percentage need to be hitting leadoff. I feel like this slow start to the game could have been avoided if he had just stuck with what worked <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah, I agree with you, Russ. I would have just kept him at leadoff. Uh, the guy is scorching hot. Ten hits. He, he had that double... Uh, in his first at bat, probably would have been out if not for the wind. Uh, the wind is just howling right now, as per usual. Early spring uh, weather uh, just blows straight to Anderson training. It's so hard to uh, get a ball out when it's whipping like this. But uh, ten hits in his first twenty at bats, four doubles, scorching hot to start the season, and uh, we do have a run on the board. When you guys. When you guys plug me in, uh, just like that, Dylan Dryling uh, drove in Cal Stark. So, um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully they can get the bats going. We're going to see just so much shifting in the lineup and everything. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I would just kind of leave Simo at leadoff and, <laughs> and let him run with it. Yeah, well, hang with us. Maybe we can get a little bit of a rally going here as we visit with Logan Quinton. His weekly appearance on the show is brought to you by Crumble Cookies. And be sure to check out Crumble Cookies, their various locations around town, as Logan does a great job hosting the 920 podcast with our good friend Bill Minot, who was conspicuously absent this week. I was listening to that on the way and was, was ready for a little dose of Bill Minot 
in my life today. Uh, Logan was sorely disappointed not to get that, but I know he'll be back with you here soon. Uh, let's talk about the pitching this weekend. Obviously, A.J. Russell is doing his thing out there today. We'll see Drew Beam tomorrow. Who do you expect to get the ball on Sunday as Tony Vitello continues his search for a third starter? Well, I agree with you as far as guessing or predicting who it would be. Like, my my guess would be Snead. Uh, but I personally, I would like to see Stamos in that role, um, try to form a lefty on the, that rotation that weekend. Um, and you would have some dynamic arms in terms of Snead, Kazi, and Combs uh, coming out of the bullpen. But they've, they've got a little time to figure it out, but uh, SEC plays get approached rather quickly. Uh, but there's some options, whether it's uh, Snead, uh, Stamos, uh, I think one of those two, I mean, you can make a case for Kazi, but personally, I, I like Kazi and Cones uh, coming out of the pen. Two similar roddies with uh, funky slots and a lot of spin that can kind of stabilize some lineups if things get a little rough for the starter or, you know, you're ahead trying to keep a lead and you want to eliminate right-handed at-bats. I kind of like that route. But uh, my, my hope is Chris Stamos because – he was good last week. He was excellent two weeks ago when I saw him in a scrimmage. But uh, I'm, I'm with you, I think, as far as the prediction. I, I'm going to go Snead because i got to tell you, I did not expect uh, north of 80 pitches for him last week. But thing is, he looked stronger as the game went on. Like, he, he got squirrely there early on when he came in. Uh, he ended up with five walks, but there he, he finished strong, and he, he looked good. For sure, for sure. And looks like uh... – Billy Amick is going to drive in a run here as Tennessee extends its lead to two nothing. Is that correct, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yep. Over yep. Albany. So, so hopefully this is the way things are headed there. Uh, Logan, what else stands out to you as you look at this baseball team here in the first home series weekend? Uh, you know, I'm excited to look at some of these uh, younger guys and new faces. Um, you know, and. The pitching, the young pitching that we saw this midweek with Dallas and, and Schaefer and Hunley, that looks promising. Uh, those guys are going to have to get innings uh, going forward in this non-conference slate. But as far as this weekend, you know, I think it's a, a real opportunity for guys like Chapman. You know, he's starting today. Uh, he had that amazing play in right field the other day, uh, gets the start in left. Uh, he needs – to be in the field, he needs that bats. It's going to be tough for him to do that long term this season because of Dryling and Tears and Inslee. But uh, I think it's healthy competition. Uh, Chapman is a guy that can really push those guys. Uh, and going up against a team like Albany and, and Bowling Green for a weekend, that uh, that provides opportunity for a guy like Chapman to earn those ABs. And it's not just Chapman; it's other guys as well uh, because this this roster is pretty deep with um, with bats. Uh, but it's going to be key figuring out, like, the bats 10 through 12, not just figuring out the lineup, but figuring out some depth and uh, who's going to travel with you once SEC play rolls around. Logan Quentin with us this afternoon. We're watching uh, Blake Burke hit out here. And where, where are you at with Burke? I mean, this has become kind of a – I don't know. It, it's just an interesting subplot to the season here. Uh, the star slugger who – we were comparing this time last year to Todd Helton. Like, like that was a legitimate <laughs> conversation that we're having, and now it's 
should he be batting lower in the order? Should he even be playing? There are some people who think, you know, maybe I don't know about that. Maybe Dalton Bargo. I mean, it, it's been bandied about. I, oh, I, I don't. Know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so either, Houston. But um, I mean, if if this continues and and we've got options out there, then Tony could eventually have a decision to make. Where are you at with the Blake Burke saga, Logan? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the weird thing is going back to last year, uh, there was such a contrast in the splits, uh, conference versus non-conference, you know, he would crush non-conference, um, in particular, you know, the, the non-conference that we played regular season. And so far looking more of the same of what we saw, you know, towards the end of last season, uh, conference play and tournament play. I mean, it's still early on, uh, Guys are approaching 20 at bats or so, uh, but yeah, it, I think this is a good weekend to crack out of it because if not, you know, we're in the same boat a couple of weeks ago or a couple of weeks from now having the same conversation, and that that gets a little worrisome. But they've they're trying to move him all up and down the lineup. We've seen the two hole, we've seen him towards the back. Um, hopefully, he settles in. He's up right now. Um, he put some good contact on, went opposite to uh, to the shortstop, but. Um, we'll see. I, I just, it, it is kind of boggling. I mean, to have that, that type of skill and elite skill in terms of the power tool, um, yeah. and just not coming around as, you know, a decent hitter, um, all the way around. So yes, it, the curious case of Blake Burke. <laughs> well, then you get into the, the narrative around him, the rumors out there about other, programs particularly uh, other highly successful sec programs that might have been uh sniffing around and you know some people say tampering it's just i, I just think it's another aspect of recruiting and and this college athletic scene that we've created out there but uh you can almost see it we're dissecting his body language here logan but you know a, a guy who literally looks like he's being pulled mentally in three different directions every time he comes up to the plate. Yeah, and uh, Tony even kind of alluded to that, and, and you, you mentioned the Todd Helton comparison. You know, so many folks were uh, throwing that comparison out there. I I never had those conversations as far as being on that end of it, but, um, you know, the, the players hear it, and, you know, Tony said, uh, what was it, last week, that Burke hears it, and some of these other guys hear it, and then that – you know, some guys just take that, and it adds adds pressure to them, uh, and they're already under an enormous amount of pressure uh, playing for this type of program and where it's at now. And um, you know, I I don't know this this bunch is uh, Tony says it may be his hardest working bunch, and I think there's a lot of good leadership, and there's also a lot of good uh, a good things that are bad things that were removed <laughs> from from last year's team. So maybe it just he he's just going to need a dose of that, uh, you know, going into the season and, and kind of set, being able to settle in. Houston is uh, just giddy right now. It's his boy, Dean Curley, gets to bat with the bases oh, loaded. Oh, well, well, throw to first. He's going to be. Did he turn the wrong way? Yeah, he's no, safe. he's good. He's good. What it? What hit? See, I, I, guys, I've had to move because the, yeah. the wind is just. Uh, you all wouldn't have been able to hear me with the wind in the crowd, uh, but I know it's five. Oh, good, uh, looks, we'll, we'll catch looks you up like today here. So Curly gets uh, Burke walks, 
Curley comes up with two outs and the bases loaded, uh, hits a uh, sharp ground ball to shortstop, and the throw pulls the first baseman off the bag, and that allows two guys to score. I, I didn't see what happened if yeah, there was a he throw. Missed the, he actually missed the – he didn't make the oh, catch. Yeah, he had to and go. And then okay. he got tangled up with Curley, and then it allowed Burke to make it home. So two runs hey, scored. Play by Curley, tripping up the first baseman as he goes for the loose ball. You love to see it. Houston loves – some Dean Curley, or as I call him, Curly Dean. Oh, and then the throwback to the – wow. The, the pitcher missed the throwback to the mound, and then see, another the run scored. Thought we were going to see, Logan. Yeah. They finally showed up here. <laughs> there we go. That's what I love to hear. Good stuff. Uh, Logan Quentin, his appearance is brought to you by Crumble Cookies. He probably wants to get – He's like, thanks, yeah. guys. I can join you guys and miss five <laughs> runs here. Uh, Logan, anything else before we, we turn you loose? You started a, a rally with us. The rally, Logan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go get the Trace Leches cake cookie this week at Crumble Cookies. What? You guys do not want to miss that. Remember the cinnamon cake cookie from a couple weeks ago? Oh, stole it. He absconded with it. That, mm-hmm. that thing was, oh, yeah, was, was tremendous. Freezer, it? I don't remember that, Logan. <laughs> It was outstanding, Logan. Uh, but no, go go try the Trace Leches uh, cake cookie. Uh, it's to die for. Uh, one of their best. There, it's goaded. It is definitely goaded. Pretty good. It's stout. I've had it before. Logan, uh, appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of the ball game and the series this weekend. All right, fellas. You you guys have a good one. That's Logan Quinton live from Lindsey Nelson Stadium where Tennessee has gone up 5-0 on Albany. The bats wake up. He missed every run of the game. <laughs> He's talking to us. He's like, yeah, I had to get out of the wind to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, he missed a uh, Curly's th- three RBI at bat. How, how in the hell are they going to score that? Uh, what's that? I always forget the numbers. Was it? There was a, the collision. Error on shortstop, yeah. Wasn't Curly Jack Palance's character in City Slickers, too? Cur- the yeah. legend Curly's Gold. I yeah. New. <laughs> Love that movie. Yeah, there were multiple errors on that on that play. Check out Crumble Cookies, one of their three area locations. Of course, you got the original on Clinton Highway. They're in Turkey Creek now, and they are in Maryville in beautiful Blunt County, Logan's appearance, and the 920 podcast, which, again, you can go check out wherever you listen to podcasts on the Fan Run podcast feed, all brought to you by Crumble Cookies. we got to take a quick timeout. Let's load them up here. We'll go along here this last segment, 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show if you want to talk Tennessee baseball, if you want to talk Tennessee basketball with a big game against Texas A&M, tomorrow night at the arena or if you want to talk about the story of the day the great state of tennessee granted a preliminary injunction in its lawsuit against the ncaa a big win for josh heupel and company maybe not as big as beating alabama a couple of years ago but as far as off the field wins go i don't know if he's had a bigger one than he gets today we'll talk about it more as we wrap things up on the other side the Drive, live this afternoon at Parkside Kia in West Knoxville. Back with more right after this. The, the Drive. drive. Hello, fan. 
Friday afternoon. I want to thank our friends out here at Parkside Kia for their hospitality, having us out, letting us yap in the showroom for three hours. It's been fun. Who, who knew? All we had to do to get the ruling was come out here and do the show at Parkside Kia. Would have done it earlier this week if we had known. Should have called us. <laughs> Should have. I'd have done every show from here. I'll do it from the driver's seat if I have to. That's an idea. We just move we sit the, in the car and do the show. Move the equipment in there. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of room in that EV9. Plenty. How big is that thing? Big enough to get the job done, my friend. Pull it, your boat with it, Chris. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to check. EVs and towing, it depends. Uh, it's. I mean, I'd say it's as big as my Tahoe. It just sits a little lower. But it's sharp, man. As Jimmy Dykes would say, man, that's a good-looking car, man. I can't wait. It'll be probably sometime in the second half tomorrow. He'll get real excited in every other word. Man, Tennessee under Rick Barnes, man. It's crazy, man. Did you, did you see him when at that Alabama-Florida game the other night? when the mascot came up behind and and Tom Hart's like big owls here and and uh, Dykes doesn't see it he's just like I don't know what you're talking about he turns oh he is here man wow <laughs> man man it's funny like you really don't notice it until you do and then you can't notice anything else the remainder of the broadcast when he starts dropping mans so I'm not gonna... <laughs> he he always has these narratives too that he adopts this remember when jordan bone was driving across the nail you want to get it across the nail oh, yeah. every time down the court that's what rick barnes preaches partner is a key phrase as well <laughs> big partner. partner he did uh, love that for a while though he wants to put that foot on the nail man and get to the glass this partner not uh partner just rubs me wrong I, I i i don't like hearing that all the time partner it was old Britt, Britt Musburger started that thing, I think. Yeah, Musburger was big partner. He, I feel like he only did it usually at like the beginning or middle of the broadcast, like whenever they'd come back from a long Ah, break. partner. Oh, Nelly. I know that was Keith Jackson. I was just thinking of old-timer. Great uh, radio certain, TV guys. Certain of our friends down in Alabama are not exactly thrilled with today's news. You don't say. Really? No. Uh, JT59 on BamaOnline.com, according to message board geniuses, posts the following. What if the NCAA came out today and said schools in the state of Tennessee are no longer eligible to compete in NCAA sports due to the state's conflicting rules? If the NCAA can't have authority over Tennessee schools, then how can those schools be allowed to compete with other schools in other states? Hashtag kick them out. Because, <laughs> well, here's the deal. It's uh, according to everything. Is if people have, have looked through this, everything I'm seeing from um, like Tom Mars, McCain, all these people. This is nationwide. It's not just Tennessee and Virginia. Tell that to angry bammers online. So, uh, they're all up in their feelings now. They, it it's starting to sink in, isn't it, down there? The rain is over. It hasn't now. It will soon enough. Things are going to be different. Nick Saban's gone. Eli Gold is gone. That story gets weirder and weirder by the day, too. 
Cal Stark with the bomb. They were at commercial break and I missed it. Trying to catch up on the Twitterverse. Good for Cal Stark. Uh, I thought the balls weren't going to get out of there today, Logan Quentin. He just said it's hard. Cal Stark sent that one into the porches. Yep, you got to ride him to left field if you're going to do it. That thing land. That was a a shot. Good for him. Good for the Farragut Admiral. Yeah. His bat's what keeping him out of the – I mean, his his catching's been – he's a good catcher. Absolutely, really had a you know, I'm I'm sure Cannon Peebles, if if he's not dealing with some sort of injury, and this is just a coach's decision, I'm sure that he will get more opportunities. Mm-hmm. But we've got some options at catcher. We we haven't really seen Dalton Bargo catch it. It wasn't he was Missouri's main catcher the past couple of years, right? Bargo? Yeah, we haven't seen him catch. I mean, it's been all Peebles, Stark, and Charlie Taylor. But uh, Bargo can play first. I think they've even tried him a little bit in left, and obviously he's had some DH opportunities. But um, I, I just think they're, you know, we, we talked about Blake Burke already. Um, I don't, you know, playing time is going to have to be earned all across the board on this roster. And it, it, it just feels like there's a good vibe around that it felt like there was definitely some promises made last year some expectations oh i play this is what i do because this is what i do and uh it, it feels like the, you know I'm, I'm sure there's some guys who aren't, who aren't playing as much as they want and that's disappointed but it's, it's kind of like the tennessee basketball thing where uh, roles are defined and everybody knows it's going to be earned and there's no favoritism and um there's a good culture and no dissension I got some dissension right now. They just took Cal Stark's home run off the board. Tony immediately challenges, and so now they've retreated to the dugout TV room. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll have the review done by the time the show's over. The problem is you can't because it's one of these, you know, low-budget games. You can't really – I don't know if if they're going to be able to see it to overturn it. I mean, I'll be honest – if I can't I, see it. If what I think is the ball is the ball. It does look way foul. It looks way foul. This huh. guy's got a good look at it, and he's. That guy in the orange hat's looking foul territory watching The way that it. wind's whipping, it could be just curling that fast. I went to a game there last year about this time, and they were playing Gonzaga, and it was during – you remember, like, there was one day last year where it was just a – strong uh west to east i believe wind like it it, it was just constant throughout mm-hmm. the day it, it, it was almost dangerous and um I, I went to the game there and it was really cold but we were sitting behind home plate and if that ball wasn't hit you know at, dead center. At a, yeah at an angle that was you know not dead center but halfway center like we just saw several balls that were hit and would just get blown mm-hmm. way foul, way foul. And Christian Moore hit a home run in that game that looked like it was hit to uh, straightaway center. It was hit to straightaway center, and but it landed like in the middle of the porches. Yeah. So, I mean, Logan's right. That that wind is interesting. Oh, they're going to put him back. Yeah, put call. the bat back in his yeah. hand. And then there's a strike, too. Yeah, foul confirmed. Cal Stark back at the plate. 
Well, this is such a, a load off Josh Heupel's shoulders, I'm sure, to, to not have to worry about this. Do you guys realize that we start spring practice three weeks from Monday? Yeah. Nico and I mean, the boys going to be back out there. I'm getting fully into spring, but we got baseball going. Basketball's winding down. We're getting ready to start the tournament. King of the Brackets is right around the corner, Russ. Oh, oh that's right. Real quick, how does that work for host, co-host, producers, and executive producers of the show? If I enter King of the Brackets, you're ineligible for prize. You can win, but I mean, you're not going to win any prizes. Yeah, I mean, just glory. You are expected to compete. Okay, you are expected to enter and compete. Bear sometimes doesn't. Yes, I. I always get it in. But as that's what she said. As Bear. with many other aspects of Bear's presence on this show, expectations are not always met. But you are expected to compete and enter, yes. Hopefully you'll figure out how to make sure your entries in your own King of the Brackets that, thing that this happened, year. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened last year, but... Russ was, standing, out and, I, I, standing in front of his glass house, lob, glass house lobbing bricks at mine. We both made some mistakes, Russ, but... It is my. It's the biggest uh, contest of the year, isn't it? I mean, it's got the prestige that it does. That it does. We mentioned uh, the battle of the boards being key tomorrow. I mean, is it really that simple? Or anything else you think that Tennessee needs to get done tomorrow at the arena? I- they they can't let themselves get turned to every every which way but loops with the with the dribble penetration and getting caught uh, rotating and and just leaving guys wide open this is going to sound harsh it really shouldn't be but given what we've seen this season it's just totally true you, you can't have a no-show from your upperclassmen tomorrow you, you can't have Ziegler Vescovy and James have one of those nights where they combine for six points on, uh, you know, one of, I don't know, right. 12, 13, 14 shooting. They need to come out ready to go. Are we throwing Ziegler into that mix? I don't I don't look at he, him as he, being a part been, of that problem. No, he's been more consistent than the others, but he has had a couple stinkers. No, they, we're talking about uh, Santi and Triple J mainly. The other thing I'm really looking at is, is and I fully expect A&M to do it, is go right at connecting Ganey like they did last time. They got connected in foul trouble. Correct me if I'm wrong. In that game, he was in foul trouble, and then uh, Ganey just couldn't keep his guy in front of him. Yeah, Ganey did get taken a lot in that game. That's a good point. They went. They, they went after those two. Well, Siegler and Wade Taylor. There's a mutual respect there, man. Man. At the- these guys like going at each other, man. <laughs> I expect Ziegler to do his Zekigler thing. This was the game a couple of weeks ago where uh, Jimmy Drake, Jimmy Drake's, Jimmy Dykes dropped Zekigler. Zekigler. Uh, in, in the first matchup with them, he actually did okay. He had 15 points. It was on 15 shots, and he was one of eight from three. See, this is one of those games where he was probably eyeing what. Wade Taylor did to start the game, going five for five from three, and thought maybe he had to to match. And I just don't think that's Ziggler's game. He needs to shoot him when they come to him. He doesn't need to try to force anything. 
Mm-hmm. But Barry, Barry, you were correct. Uh, Connect had four fouls and, and only played 28 minutes against them in the first matchup. So him staying out yeah, of he's, on this one, that's a big one. He 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 almost did a Dalton Connect thing, didn't it? He he came in and hit a couple of crazy three. Like we mm-hmm. sat him on the bench mm-hmm. until the five minute mark, even though we were down double digits. And he, I think we maybe got it down to like six or seven at one point, yeah. but. Yeah, he was uh, he was on the bench for an extended period in the second half, and that's why we couldn't. You know, who's to say if he had been able to put him back in and if he'd been playing from the ten to five mark, maybe we would have been able to pull off the comeback. So, let's get Tennessee truth teller Trey in here before we get on out for overtime. Bill and the boys, Trey. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? Ooh, that's how I am, boys. I am fired up, man. We just hung dong on the NCAA. Took us a long time to get somebody calling in with a little bit of excitement about today's news. Good on you, Trey. Oh, oh, I am just drinking it in, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trolling the message boards. I'm, <laughs> I'm so in chaos. Like I am. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing out there right now. Working my way through RCFB before I get on the two four seven message boards. I mean, guys, I've got a full <laughs> night on my, on my plate now. I am thrilled. Like, I, I just find it funny that like you are a successful man in a, a committed relationship. You've got a good job, and like you just you spent most of your time this week on our airways talking about how little work you get done and how much time you spend being an internet troll. Trey, it's it's so bizarre to me. Hey Russ, how do you think uh, how do you think trolls exist out there, man? We've got we got to find a way to sustain ourselves. And then once we do that, we can just, you know, become what we were destined to be. So when I think of trolls, I think of, um, you know, uh, like quite honestly, uh, low, what were they got low value men in their mother's basements, you know, just raging against the world. <laughs> and I know that's not you. I find it interesting that you choose to engage in these activities anyway. Russ, you seem like a South Park guy. Do you do you watch South Park? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking of Gerald when I was describing. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the face of of, of the modern troll man. <laughs> what was his uh, screen name? Uh, <laughs> I can't say it. Uh, it was it was. Uh, Is that the world? K A N K Hunt. No, no, it was a different one. He. Uh... It was let's, just not, let's, let's just not say it's been a long time it. since I've seen it, but an absolutely hysterical episode. Anyway, Trey, I'm glad that you're strutting around with your chest puffed out right now, feeling yourselves as our volunteers have vanquished the NCAA. Oh, I mean, dude, after all the, all the crap they've done to us over the years, I mean, it just feels so good to bend them over a barrel, bring them up to the crispiest white dog poo you've got in the yard, and make them lick it. I mean, it's just... Oh, it's just vindicating, man. Like my my whole weekend is just, you know, it, it it's gonna I'm gonna be on cloud nine. I mean, this is this is huge, guys. This this now you can instead of going to recruits and being like, oh no, you know, like we don't think the NCAA can hurt us. We could literally be like, we can do whatever we want, and they can't touch us. <laughs> you are safe here. This is a safe harbor. Park your park your ship here. Collect your cash, and let's let's win a natty. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that's the next step is we got to win something here, and I want I want the trifecta, I want the trifecta this year. I want a Final Four, 
Okay. I want Omaha, mm -hmm. and I want the college football playoff. All three. You can make call me greedy, and you can do that. That's fine. But it's realistic in my book, and I demand it. Give us all three, Russ. And you know what? Uh, Pat Forty can kiss my ass. This is just a oh. great day. Love you guys. Oh. <laughs> wow. He's halfway through that box by now, boys. It's not a good day for 40. <laughs> the frenzy. <laughs> So you think he's going? I, I was picturing him like uh, uh, in a big king size bed by himself, like an oversized comforter, just eating straight out of the Hagen Dazs box, <laughs> watching chick flicks. Like how to lose a guy in ten days? In his bathrobe, <laughs> tears streaming. That's how I like to picture Pat Forty this afternoon. Loser. I'll tell you what, man, it's all winners out here at Parkside Kia. <laughs> Appreciate them having us out. Are you going to reinflate Mr. Fox yes, before we leave? Yes. <laughs> that was Why a... did you deflate Mr. Fox? Because the fan that kept him inflated was quite loud. Oh, okay. We don't have to be huffy about it, man. Pulled the I wasn't. I was just. Pulled the plug on Mr. Fox. I'll, I'll set him back up. Tucker, thank you, my friend. Excellent work behind the scenes in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios for Houston and Bear. I am merely Russell Smith. We now leave you in the more than capable hands of Overtime Bill. Overtime, headed your way next on many of these fine Fan Run affiliates. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again Monday right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive is your home's exterior.